Oh yeah, guess who's back? That's right, and welcome to another episode of American Riddle, and it's your boy, Malcolm Riddle. Usually Miriam Tazi said something, but she's running around, doing errands, who knows what she's doing, but the show must go on. Yeah, that's how we do it. Always feels weird flying solo, but like I said, we'll we'll remain hopeful that maybe she will join us. But in the meantime, in between time, I got my main man, my mellow, a fellow. You know what I mean? He's uh he's known as you know what I mean the GMC, aka Grandmaster Cats, and I've talked about him many a times on the podcast. Uh, you know about his art, his inspiring hip hop themed art. Of course, he does other uh, artistic de- depictions as well, but uh, like I said, for right now we're going to go and roll into some of the uh, events that him and I have attended and uh, some of the artists that we've met, uh, some of the icons, should I say, the, the, the iconic figures in hip-hop. So let's uh, let's pot this down a bit and get, uh, get the Grandmaster Cat's on the blower. Andy Katz, a.k.a. the Grandmaster Katz, in the building. What's happening? Hey, Malcolm, what's happening? <laughs> I catch you off guard with that intro? No, I'm, I'm getting kind of used to it at this point. Okay. I mean, you're still the, the only one who calls me Grandmaster Katz, but <laughs> you got to start somewhere. <laughs> we're going to, yeah, we're going to, we're going to try to get that to catch on. It, <laughs> It's a dope name. I mean, which which better than GMC, huh? Besides, I, I like it. I mean, I, there's there's a lot of uh, or GMK, a lot of G- GMK. I, 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 I just I just want to live up to it. Yeah, I, I messed up already. <laughs> I messed up already because I said GMC is G- GMK. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, Miriam Tazi, she's running around. Um, she she may join us. I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. But um, recently, Andy, we uh, we experienced a uh, uh, event together where we went to go see Nas. Um, I was just uh, leading into the intro that a lot of the art that you do, the inspired art, is of iconic, uh, you know, hip hop. Uh, uh, pi- some some pion- Well, most of them are pioneers, I guess, in their own way. I mean, Nas is is definitely of the newer gen- or probably 90s, more 90s, newest generation that right. we've attended. But uh, the likes of Big Daddy Kane, Rakim, Slick Rick, uh, DJ Premier, Pete Rock. I mean, the list goes on and on that I've had the pleasure of attending uh, with you. And, and those, are, those are definitely, you know, some of the, some of the icons in hip-hop, right? Yeah, well, you know, one of the things that was great was uh, recently you uh... – you remarked that you have seen all of the, all of your top five, which, which, uh, you know, as I've heard over the, the past year or so, has been solidified, I think. And, <laughs> um, I'm proud to say that I've been to four out of five of those with you. So um, I didn't see LL Cool J with you, but I have seen LL Cool J another time. But the other four, I have been, uh, I've been with you for that. Yeah, no so doubt. That's, that's, that's pretty good when you consider. You know, maybe a little over a year, right? Like, yeah. Uh, 
we've been hanging out. We've been doing our thing. So that's a pretty s- impressive. Yeah, that's a sick lineup when you think about it. Uh, and, oh yeah. And for those of you tuning in that may not follow me on social media, I posted something on the uh, on my my Facebook page uh, that uh, I'd seen all the. My it's in my top five, my personal right. top five MCs, which is uh, uh, Rakim, KRS One, uh, LL Cool J, Big Daddy Kane, and Nas. And yeah, I mean when you when you think about that, I mean if, if when when I think about the last uh, year, 2015, and just that lineup alone is in, it. I can't even like right now. I'm smiling ear to ear thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing I I, I I I try to impress upon people that uh, when we talk about um, you know whether or not oh you know I, I can't make it to that show or I can't go I'm like you know the fact that these guys are available to be seen you know that they're that they're still doing their things they're coming around uh, you know <laughs> I don't ever want to take that for granted so yeah there's a lot of late nights and sometimes I'll be standing there and it's you know, past midnight, and I'm like, "What am I doing here?" But then I, you know, then you, then you realize, especially after the fact, you're like, "Oh, this is why we went." You know, because they are—they're legendary. They are the ones who are kind of writing the the history of the genre that we enjoy so much. And uh, the fact that it's it's so new still, even though we talk about you know old school or classic. Classic hip hop is not that old, you know. We're talking, you know, thirty, thirty years, and uh, you know, we're old enough to have uh, have really been around since its inception, and, and and to sort of have a strong opinion one way or the other of what we like, who we consider to have done it really well, and the fact that we can go see these guys uh, so easily and um, and uh, and be up front or be you know wherever we want in the spot. To, to see it from our own vantage point. It's just, it's pretty crazy. And, and I was really glad when I realized that you had seen all five of your top five. That's that's pretty incredible. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm telling you, I'm smiling ear to ear. I don't, sometimes I don't let myself think about it too much. I don't, I don't know why, because I just don't want to be, you know, walking around in this, this, like a Smurf, just happy uh, and, and just in this bliss. But it's, it's, it's amazing you know, when I do sit back and think about that journey, because, you know, I've talked about this on a podcast before, just the importance. And if you use social media the right way, how you can connect with so many people. And that's exactly how I connected with you, which led right. which led to me being able to uh, to 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 relive and, and reconnect with my love for hip hop and then go out and and meet those icons so it's it's it, it was just one thing after after the next and uh well, I, I really yeah i agree and i think that the social media element is uh can't be sort of understated i mean everybody talks about the downside of social media but there is this really incredible upside of of accessibility and you can you can uh go back and forth with these the people that you want to see and and you can um, let them know you're going to be at a show and you can, you can, you can, uh, throw out your top five lists to anybody now. And, and, uh, you know, if they feel like interacting, they can. So it's so easy now to 
I can't imagine it was anything like that in the 80s and the 90s. You know, you could go to a show, but there was really no way to say, hey, look, I'm here, and, and I I really, uh, you know, I want to um, be a part of this in a way that is not just as a fan. I mean, I, one, of the, one of the things that makes me really happy is to know that you were on stage with Rakim. I, I love that. I love that story. I love that you were, you know, you were on stage during the show. That's crazy. Yeah, that that was surreal, no doubt. That was that was a uh, that was one of those those moments. I even have that picture of me and Rakim on my desktop on my computer, and every time I open up the computer, no matter what mood I'm in, I can look at that and be like, "That actually yeah. happened." You know what I mean? Yeah, that's special. And I, you know, I I uh, I can't really compare it to anything. I mean, I used to. Um, have sort of the same uh, feeling about athletes and trying to meet athletes and, and, and that sort of thing. But uh, it's really, it's much better with live music and to be sort of swept up in the, uh, in all of the, all of the, um, the different elements of, of how the night goes and, and, uh, you know, who's there and meeting people and, and mixing it up in a, in a really authentic way. Uh, it, it just it, it makes the experience that much better, and it's so much more exciting and memorable. Like what you're talking about, you know, being able to, you know, even if you don't have like a like a actual picture, the pictures in my head of some of these experiences are are pretty fantastic too. Yeah, and but okay, like you and I know what it's like, but kind of take someone who they they just may be tuning into the podcast right now, right, and they. They might not have listened to our uh, previous podcast, but take take the audience through the journey of your inspiration. Uh, let's say take the Nas um, uh, show or any of them. Wh- what inspires you to initially start your journey uh, for 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 drawing? you know, the art and actually committing to making it to a show. And that's not just limited to the shows in Washington, D.C., Maryland, or Virginia. You actually have traveled uh, the country as well uh, to to, to uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, seek out. Yeah, uh, you know, Nas is a good example um, of how it sort of unfolds. And, and there's no way of really predicting how it's going to happen. Yeah. And as, I, as I've gone through this, there's there's some things that I love and there's some things that I've, I've grown not to love. Uh, the other night was a good example. I mean, it was a, it was a good night because of what ultimately happened, but it was a, it was a long wait and it was not my, I don't know. It wasn't my, uh, cup of tea, I guess you'd say, um, <laughs> because this was not a concert as much as it was a, a club promotion. And I, I don't think I understood the difference. And now that I do, it's like, I don't know that I would, I would go about it the same way. But going back to the inspiration of all of it, I mean, that's the easy part. You know, you, you, you fall in love with music. Um, someone will tell you, hey, this is my favorite. And I try to do them the honor of going, okay, okay what do you love about this? And then I'll, I'll listen to it and I'll spend some time with it. And I, I have to admit, like, Nas came along um, and I wasn't, uh, I wasn't in on that. I wasn't, like, he wasn't uh, one of my favorites. And it wasn't that I didn't like him. It's just that it didn't. It wasn't uh, what I was listening to. And so I, I do remember when uh, he came out and he was in the uh, "Back to the Grill Again" song with MC Search. And um, you know, flash forward 
uh, 20 years, and, and uh, the um, documentary Time is Omatic came out, and MC Search is in that, and uh, talking about Nas, and uh, it's a really intimate uh, look at, at his life and his, you know, his upbringing, and um, I had immediately started listening to him again and started appreciating him more, and it sort of feel, felt like I had missed the boat in a lot of ways, uh, at least with him. But, I mean, he was a name that kept coming up as people's favorite. Like, oh, he's my favorite. He's the best. He's the best that ever did it. And, you know, I had always sort of reserved those kind of titles for um, Rakim and KRS-One. So when people would say it, I would I would sort of say, yeah, well, maybe you don't know what I know. In kind of, <laughs> kind of a snobby way. But then, you know, when you start listening, you're like, yeah, I can totally see why people um, connected with this and, and saw that he had this certain set of skills that that are, I guess, elite skills when it comes to rhyming. Um, but so, you know, as, uh, when I, I heard, it was it was actually kind of tough because uh, I heard really late in the game that he was coming to D.C. It was not advertised as a concert normally would be. And I was like, well, I got to find time after work to uh, to get this drawing done if I'm gonna if I'm gonna go to this show on Saturday night. And what size? And, uh, what, I, was, what's, I was pretty happy that I I got it done. Yeah, you know, that's that's always half the battle. Is like it's like our homework assignment. You know, if you if uh if I if I have it in mind, yeah. I, I sometimes I have a couple months lead in. Other yeah. times I have you know forty eight hours, and this was more of the more like forty eight hours times. So I carved out some time. I had actually been uh, kind of sick or ill that week, and it was really tough for me to um, to get it done. But I got it done, and I was really excited about that. And so once I get a piece done, I begin to. Uh, uh, I, I guess what's been become a part of the process is I start to tweet it out. Uh, I put it on Instagram. I let people know that I have this piece. I've, I've actually dubbed my latest, I guess it's the last six pieces I've done have been called the Corrugated Cardboard Collection because they're, they're, uh, they're uh, nothing more than sheets of um, large uh, brown cardboard. And I, I really like the surface. Uh, and I've been doing these pencil and white charcoal drawings on them. And uh, there's something just really great about the texture of the, of the surface because it kind of, it emerges as you draw on it. It it usually just looks like a flat piece of cardboard, but as you press on it, you can probably understand this. Is as you press on it, you you reveal the texture of, the, yeah. of what's underneath. It gives it a and depth. So it, that ends up in the drawing. Yeah, it gives it a nice depth as well. When you when you you know when you have it finished, because even when you're a lot of times you'll post you know exactly where you're at in the pro, in, in the process. And then yeah. when it's finished, it's, it, the cardboard gives it a richness, and uh, it, it shows well. What size is the cardboard? Well, when I buy it, it's um, it's in gosh, it's pretty large. I guess it's uh, it's probably thirty-two by forty, thirty-two by forty. And then I, you know, do it slightly smaller than that because I gotta carry it around with me. But I don't cut it down too much. Um, but generally, twenty-four by thirty is the end up is the uh, the end size. And, um, you know, one of the things that I think sort of brings it to life is because it's brown and not white paper, uh, when you draw with white, you're actually, you're drawing the light. So instead of just drawing shadow, which you normally do with, with pencil, um, you're able to also draw the light, which is, uh, which is not as possible on 
white paper unless you're erasing back to white, <clears throat> where in this case you can actually add the highlights and you can see them. So when you do the eyes and like chat and um, highlights on shoulders and highlights on on cheekbones and things like that, it does. It gives it more of a volume and it looks a little more realistic. So um, when I when I get through that process and um, and things are, are looking um, the way I want them to look, then I I, I uh, permit myself to post it on uh, on social media and uh, and uh, this past week was no exception. So I ended up posting that I'm going to the Nas show and what I always think is interesting is everyone's like, oh, I didn't know he was in town. And, like it's it's become yeah. kind of funny where I'm this little. I'm sort of like a, a an alert system for some people that where they where they they're like all right cool thanks for letting me know maybe I'll see you there and so that's been that's been interesting because then we can you know bump into people here or there that we that we knew were going to be there ahead of time um, this in this case it was a it was a club I had never been to and so you know uh, sight unseen and you don't know the ins and outs of getting in and out and uh, it was brutally cold. So I couldn't wait to get inside. Uh, got inside, and it was a long wait. Um, it was uh, I guess the doors opened at ten. Is that right? Ten o'clock. Yeah, then, it was like nine um, degrees outside. Is that right? A long wait, and and by the time you got in, I mean it was he didn't show up until maybe two thirty-five. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, that was you know to say it was disappointing is is, is pretty accurate. I think. Um, and I, I had actually <laughs> contemplated going yeah, home. I could That's see it in your face. I stayed was you're like, no, nah, I'm you know waiting for my brother, and and uh, and I was like, all right. So we ended up um, um, sticking it out, and and it worked out really well because I guess we got this. Uh, we were sort of determined at the very end when everyone else started leaving. Nah, stayed on stage, and and it was like a salmon swimming upstream because everyone was going towards the door and yeah. we were going towards the stage yeah, and, then, and uh and uh to say we did a beeline isn't exactly fair because we moved so slowly it took probably 10 or 15 minutes to walk about uh 60 yards yeah but um once we got up there uh the our, i guess our mo and i'll say our mo because it's not just me uh you know you uh you, you know you're like all right pull the drawing out so I pull it out, put it over my head. So he's standing on stage. Everyone on stage, there's probably like 40 people on stage. Because um, everyone's taking pictures and the show's over. Whatever show there was is over. And uh, I said, well, if he turns around or if somebody turns around, they're going to see this. It'll be right in their face. And that's what happened. A couple of security guards and people around him turned around. And they were extremely helpful and getting his attention, pointing pointing down to the drawing, and as soon as he saw it, um, he asked uh, asked me to hand it hand it up to him. So yeah, I handed sick. it up to him, and um, and he signed it. And I think when he saw it, he also like motioned for someone to take a picture of it, yeah. which was which was really flattering. And I didn't know until the next day um, how cool that was because going back to the social media piece. Um, when I tweet something out, you know, I'm lucky if, you know, a hundred people will, will hit the little like button. <laughs> um, but I, I woke up the next day and a friend of, a friend of mine, um, a friend of mine from Australia was like, Hey, is that your work? And I was like, what is that about? 
And then another person from England was like, hey, I think I saw your work. And I looked, and sure enough, they had tagged me on Nas's page. And Nas has like a million point eight followers. And uh, by the time I woke up the next morning, 17,000 people had, had hit the like button. So, you know, it's it's pretty neat when you get that kind of exposure. And, and uh, it was the one picture that he posted from his trip to D.C. Yeah. He's and- like, you know, D.C., thanks for the love. And I'm like, that's, that's pretty awesome because it's a really cool kind of candid picture of him signing the piece and it was kind of the vibe of the night where there's all these hands pushing it up on stage and there's all these people in the background and it's him just from behind um signing it and that's pretty great you know um and uh it, it really does feel like uh that was supposed to happen you know and, and w- w- somebody will say in- invariably someone will say hey man you're really lucky and I always have the same reaction. I'm like, dude, there's no luck involved. I don't feel like this is luck. I feel like it's hard work. It is work. And yeah, I absolutely love it. But man, that was a long wait that night. It is work. And, and yeah. just just so I can chime in, really, right now you're at twenty thousand or twenty point four thousand likes, far as that yeah. that picture goes on Nas's Instagram page. But uh, it is work because you have to understand this. And this is for the listeners. This was a night club i mean it was full of people dancing twerking uh drinking uh you know there's a there's a tremendous amount of smoke in the air uh all sorts of smoke and uh yeah. it, you know it was just the the elements were were around us and 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 you know i, I you know, we don't do any of that stuff. You know, it's like it's like I'll bob my head. You know what I mean? I'll 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 you know move a little bit, but I'm not going to be breaking it down all night just because. A and I've said this before on the show. A I'm there for the for, for the enjoyment, of course, to see who I'm coming to see, but also I'm on a mission. You know what I mean? Right. And it's right. not an easy mission. And all that night, I was trying to angle different areas. You know, I, I, at one point, I even called over one of the club photographers to come over, and I, I, you know, I told him I was like, "Yo, you want to see something cool?" It, I was, I was hoping that maybe that would be a way for us to get in to get backstage. Uh, but I was trying to position us into, uh, you know, either that or him saying to someone he knew that there's a dope artist out here. So a lot of times I'm always thinking of of positioning us into a, a, a better, a, you know, to, to get us into a better place uh, where we can, uh, you know, where, where it will work to our advantage. Same thing with when I told you, I was like, look, we can check the exits, but if we go out the side door, it's trouble because it's only nine degrees. You know what I mean? And uh, that that wasn't going to work that night. So I remember I remember at one point, Andy, I remember uh, when we were in New York to see Tribe Called Quest. I remember when they were up on stage, it took them a better, better part of uh, 10 minutes to, you know, say goodbyes, take pictures and all that stuff. And that's when it clicked in. Let's go to the front. Let's start. And, yeah. and you hit it right on the head. It's like swimming upstream. I mean, it was it was just that, and it took you know hours. I mean, my legs didn't recover. I mean, they you know. Yeah, it's it's funny you should say that because I mean, I, you know, we always joke around about how we're getting old and everything, but there is something really messed up about standing on a concrete floor for six or seven hours. Yeah, that is no fun. But um, I, you know, the, the the hardest part I think of the whole thing. I mean, it's, and I don't mean to paint a picture of it being difficult in that it's physically difficult, but 
I feel like half of me split down the middle. Half of me is so glad that I have my work there. And, and I've always talked about how it emboldens me to go up to people who I would, you know, really be quiet around otherwise. But the other half of me, I feel like I'm annoying everybody because I have this big folder with me and this artwork. And when you try to go through a really crowded area and you don't have anything in your hands, it's a pain. Yeah. Um, but if you go through a crowd of people that are shoulder to shoulder and you have a, you know, a folder that's like three by four feet and you're trying not to damage anything, people don't want that to be there. <laughs> they look at me like I'm nuts. They, they think it's kind of crazy. Now, the good news is as soon as they see what, what I have with me, it usually is, is just a great conversation after that. People are really friendly and very cool about it and want to know more. And, um, you know, I should, I, I should probably be a little more um, open about just walking around with the piece out. But I, I, I do tend to be kind of shy about it at first, at least, because uh, I never know what people um, uh, are going to think. And, and so when people see it and they're their attitude changes, and they're and they're so friendly about you know giving me space or trying to help me. I mean that's that's pretty that's pretty great. I, I love that. You 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 mentioned earlier your turnaround time uh, for this one was very very short because I remember when you sent me the the message that he was around in, in town. I mean it was quick, and I even I even hesitated on going. And the key thing that you told me was there might not be many more chances to do it. And I was just like, you know what? You're right. I'm all in. So it's, you know, there's always, (laughs) there's there's always, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's true. And and I think part of the reason I've been able to turn them around a little faster is because usually, well, for a long time anyway, I I did um, watercolors. And so that would basically double or even triple the time I'd have to do a piece of art. And so you working with just pencil and, uh, and, and the white charcoal on the, the uh, cardboard has afforded me uh, an opportunity to to be faster, even though I still take quite a bit of time. It's almost as if I work up to the point where I would normally paint, but I stop and I'm done. And so that came from I was uh, when I did my my Quest Love painting. Um, a lot of people were were really complimentary uh, when I got to the point where I was done with pencil. Like you said, I I post the process. So I had just posted the uh, the pencil drawing, and actually Chuck D from Public Enemy uh, said, "Hey, AK man, like that looks great the way it is." And uh, I hadn't painted yet, and and I and he said, "He said I know you'll keep going, but it looks good the way it is." And so when someone like Chuck says that, you know, then you think, well, maybe I should just stop. <laughs> and so I, I remember kind of going to the next piece and thinking, "Hey, it'll be kind of cool to to do this on a." Uh, on, uh, on cardboard, and that's when I did the Black Thought piece, uh, which was which was for the same show, the Roots show, and they were so different. They're, the pieces were so different, um, but they had similar responses. People really liked them, and um, I, I really liked what people had to say about the cardboard. So I'm, I'm, I've been kind of going full steam on that, and that that ice that ice tea piece that I did um, that. that uh, it's, I guess for you, right? Yeah, I'm, yeah. You got me. Uh, I'm pretty you got happy me. with how that one's turning out. Yeah. Would, is that still a work in progress, or? I think it's done now. I, I worked on it a little bit more and added sort of a chain link fence in the background. But uh, but uh, and I know you just interviewed Glenn Friedman, but that's a that's straight from a Glenn Friedman piece of uh, 
uh, of photography. And um, I, it was, you know, when, when ICE was uh, pretty young, I guess it was like circa 1986. And, um, you know, he's got just a peach fuzz on his chin, and <laughs> he, looks, he looks a lot younger for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's something, I don't know what it is about the cardboard, but I, I, there's a lot I like about it. And, uh, and it's, it's, um, it's been fun. I also like working larger, so it's, it's cheap. It's cheaper than buying watercolor paper and it's more immediate too. Yeah. And and, I mean, you've, I've seen, I've seen your evolution and, uh, yeah, for a while you're doing charcoal, you did the Pete rock and, and a rock him on charcoal. And uh, then uh, you transitioned into the watercolors, uh, which I, what did you do the Sadat X one on when you did from for Brand Nubian? Well, I did a Sadat X, I did a um, Grand Puba, I did a Lord Jamar, and all of those are on butcher paper, which is a lot like cardboard. It's just mm. it's just much thinner. It, it's um, it's butcher paper, so it's brown paper. Yeah. It's real, really cheap. But it doesn't have any kind of texture to it that emerges like the corrugated cardboard does. But it's it's a similar process, and those are just a little; those are much smaller pieces. Um, but that's kind of where, and I did one of Slick Rick like that too. Uh, and I I remember when I did the Slick Rick piece, I, I thought I really I should do more of these because I can I can do more. I can do them. Um, you know, it's not about quantity, but you know, it's about being ready to go to a show. It's <laughs> being having what you need under your arm. Yeah, yeah, no, they, they it's uh, I, I, the the cardboard. It just seems more practical. It seems uh, it it ad- adds the 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 amount right amount of depth, but just for the mission for carrying it around and also holding it up. Because I remember one time I wanted to hold up one that you had. But it was rolled, and it would have been yeah. too challenging. I can't remember. I th- oh no, it was. It was. It, yeah, it was the. Uh, it was the uh, Quest Love. And uh, yeah, and that's usually if I do a piece that's a watercolor painting on paper, I'll I'll put foam core behind it. I'll mat yeah. it so that it ha- it's rigid enough to hold up. But I remember the reason I actually took it out of that for the Quest Love show with it with the mat and the, and the foam core. It was too big, so yeah. I ended up taking all that off as a practical decision but then yeah you're right it's not it's not rigid enough to hold it up yeah yeah the uh, but we we figured that out anyway that ended up working out great that night well i mean like i said back to the nas uh, sh- uh show uh or cameo appearance anyway it it still was very um surreal almost to be in the same room and then actually to carry out and finish off that mission uh you know, I could see the relief come over your face. You know what I mean? Because both of us, we were, we were, we were tired. You know, we, it was, you know, it's not like we were there to party. So, you know, we we were pretty focused all night and not knowing what would happen because we were out of our element. But it, the way it came together, I mean, right now you have a, you have a, a twenty four, what is it, twenty four by thirty, uh, piece yep. of art signed, you know, by one of the greatest to ever do it. So that right there has to make you feel good and and it has to have a lot of value um you know within everything that you've been doing well it, it makes me feel great and, and to be perfectly honest and I, I think i mentioned this earlier i had pretty much given up i was like this isn't going to happen yeah this this was a, this was a mistake you know because <laughs> like, i think that there's part of me that just 
you feel a little foolish because yeah. you're like, I just, you know, I, I got a ticket. I carved out all this time to come down here. Yeah. And then, you you know, we were we were not near the stage. We were like we were 60 far. yards from the stage in this <laughs> sort of long, deep club. And uh, we were back pretty far because of the logistics of holding this folder. Like, it wouldn't have been feasible to be up any closer, at least for me, because I had this big folder. It was already really uncomfortable. But then to to pull it off, and I like I really do give you credit because you know you were like let's go up and I and I was like I don't know and I, I kind of kept I had really reserved myself to going let's get out of here let's go home um, and so mentally I had kind of thrown in the towel which I don't like to do and it, it hasn't happened before but the reason I think I did was because I realized this isn't this isn't a concert this isn't a show um, so I, I felt a little duped by the whole. I guess by the by the venue a little bit because I, I think it's actually I think it should be mentioned and somebody should be a little clearer about what that was because that wasn't that wasn't a Nas concert it just wasn't no um, and it, but well it did say hosted the night or yeah so, and I so, know I know it's semantics but I yeah. I just wish and maybe this is just me not being worldly enough but I I just wish it it was a little more of what we have in mind when we go to a show. Cause, and, and because we've seen so many good shows. Yeah. And to go back to what you were talking about, though, do I feel good about it? Absolutely. I mean, immediately, you're like, this was, this was great. And, 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 what it, and, and it just kept getting better because, you know, I'm driving home thinking, hey, that, that totally paid off. Yeah. I, I, I'm really glad I worked this week to make that happen. I'm glad I made the time. I'm glad I took the chance. Because, you know, when I'm driving home and all, and all those things are going on in my head about, you know, I'm glad I did all this. It kind of also proves that, you know, these kind of things don't happen unless you take a chance. And that's why I, I get when people say, oh, you're lucky. Like, I really think that's the wrong word because, you know, and I know there's a lot of putting yourself in the right place. And it, I wouldn't, maybe, maybe hard work is not the right way to describe it, but putting yourself in the right place, taking a chance, Yep, getting out of the house, going down, and you know, putting your money where your mouth is a little bit. Yeah, and and showing up, uh, that counts for so much. I mean, sometimes and, you don't. Um, sometimes you don't have to no, spend much money. Sometimes you don't have to spend much money when you're there. I mean, you you know, it, how many times have you seen me? What do I smuggle in when I go to those places? Fruit, right? That's <laughs> so right. Like... Yeah, you know what? It's funny. I didn't spend a dime that night. Well, I mean, I bought the ticket, but yeah. I didn't pay for parking. Yeah, and I. I didn't get any drinks, and we, you know that was kind of nice too to walk out and realize we hadn't spent a whole lot of money. But I, I uh, yeah, it's 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 just about you know really you know kind of, and I don't want to sound corny about it, but just you know kind of following your passion and letting these things unfold. Like when I when I heard that he was going to be in town, it was because of a, a new friend of mine that I met uh, at the Howard, um, not even a week before. To, you know, he posted it on on uh, Twitter, and I was like, "Is this real?" And then I think I sent it to you, and you're like, "Yeah, it's real." I was like, "All right, let's let's make this happen." So immediately, I kind of shift into, you know, I have to get this done, and I have to make sure it, it all works with my schedule. Is but uh, you know, that's it's been it's been um, it's been really gratifying to see how it's unfolded, and you know, when you go when I, I have these this this uh, small studio in my house and it, it is chock full now of, of imagery of, of 
my hip hop heroes. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm really trying to celebrate, uh, hip hop. I'm trying to celebrate what I care about and what I've learned about and what I've heard. And, uh, you know, I, I joke around a lot about, I, you know, I, I can't rap and I can't dance particularly well, but I really do love this music and I do love, um, immersing myself in it, you know, finding out, uh, what certain rhymes mean or what certain places are being described in, in certain artists, artists work. And I think that's why I'm drawn to the, uh, the artists that I'm drawn to. I'm, I'm always like, wow, like what's their, what's their story. And of course they're sharing their story through their lyrics and their, and their, and their rhymes. And maybe that's why I'm not as, uh, I'm not enjoying a lot of what's out there uh, now because so much of it is is just pop. It's just this, you know. Let's try to, you know, try to make as much money as we can really quick. It's weird. Um, so, so I think that a lot of the a lot of the older older hip hop uh, appeals to me because they were really painting a picture. They were they were uh, they were creating imagery with their words. Yeah, it's it's weird because even we we pointed out on a lot of the stuff they were playing in the club, and most of the stuff that was played in the club, funky, just funky beats, no doubt. I don't take anything away from the 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 the, the music quality uh, for what's being played and what they're spinning. However, the 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 lyricism is at an all time low. And you remember, I pulled it aside. I was like, "This is garbage. This is garbage. Yeah. This is garbage." I was, I was relieved to hear you say that because you know I'm thinking, I, I'm thinking this is really bad. This is whack. And, uh, I mean, I, maybe it's because, um, you know, uh, I'm a little surly because we've been waiting so long. But I, I was like, "This is this is not appealing to me." And um, and it, it's also incredible. I'm, I'm going to sound like a curmudgeon now, but it's so loud that it's. It's not enjoyable. You see, you know, you, you you end up being kind of a fly on the wall, and and, and you, you you're a people watcher when you're at a at a club like that. If you're not drinking and if you're not in any rush to to move around, you end up standing back and watching people, and it's it's pretty fascinating um, just to see how people react to certain songs, which which songs they know the words to, and and which ones uh, you know will will cause them to stop dancing and go over to the bar. Um, and I guess the DJ's job at a club like that is to make sure people just keep dancing. And, dancing and drinking. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what you want. You want especially heavy emphasis on the drinking. That's the whole point, because that makes money for the club. Yeah, I just wish they mixed it up a bit where it's, um, you know, where because there's plenty to draw from. I mean, there's there's plenty of uh, of, of songs that are that are not of this uh generation that that would make you want to dance and um you know the, the production value like you said is it I mean the beats are there it's just and uh, I, I guess it's possible that they don't sample as much as they used to because the samples that you know we grew up listening to when it was much more permissive were the people picking the samples they really knew what they were what they were uh they were selecting i mean uh, you know, you just think of like all the different things that Tribe used, and um, and how they 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 were reintroducing 
uh, you know, Motown and, and uh, jazz and jazz, jazz through, their, I mean, through yeah. their new music. Yeah. And that can't happen anymore, at least the way that it did, which is a shame. Yeah, I mean, if you look at yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, this is this is this is the evolution of rap music and the hip hop culture. Are there any are there any artists that uh, that you want to uh, that you want to draw that you haven't met yet that's that's on your list? Who are you who are you looking out uh, for? Uh, you know, in the future, is there anyone in specific? Well, tonight I'm going to go see Talib Kweli at uh, the 9:30 Club. Oh. I did a drawing of him this week, and uh, I was really pleased with how that turned out. That's the sixth one in the cardboard collection. And um, I, I, I drew, I painted, I did a watercolor of Most Def, which I was really happy with, probably about two years ago. And I was all set to go see him. Uh, he was going to play at the Howard once. He was going to play at DAR Constitution Hall once. And somebody out of the blue came and said, hey, uh, are you going to be at the DAR Constitution Hall show? And I said, yeah, I'll be there. He goes, well, I'm, I'm going to set it up so you can meet him. And it was all set up. It was going to be one of the easier times, and I was going to be able to see a great show. And uh, he ended up canceling. So, And last I heard, he's retired, which I hope is not going to take. <laughs> I don't know how, how true that is or how, how absolute that is, but... Um, I would love to see him, and I would love to meet him. Uh, I, I, I think he sort of epitomizes what is missing. Although, you know, I, I saw Kendrick Lamar at the Grammys the other night, and that was that was pretty powerful. But I feel like, <coughs> excuse me, what's missing is this consciousness. This, all right, I, I'm, I'm, I have the platform, and here, here's what I care about, and here's what I rhyme about. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this. Uh, like to use KRS-One's phrase, this is edutainment. You know, I'm going to give you a chance to listen to me and be entertained, but I also have a message. Well, they're out and there. That was that was what uh, most stuff was all about. Yeah, yeah, they're they're out there. You just it's just here here here's the deal. I think when it comes to that, the people that own the radio stations, the the people that govern the airwaves, the people that are promoting the shows the tours that are sponsoring and paying for that they are not uh, uh putting those type of mcs in, in on the forefront they're not you know what i mean right. that's for sure if yeah. you see- and so you know when we saw a moral technique i mean that was that was really uh eye-opening and you know and, and like you said they're out there um but for some but they're, they're you know you've talked a lot about programming over the the past couple of months I think that there's a lot to be said for you know what we're being fed as far as what's considered the best in hip hop and what you know not just hip hop but TV and and anything that's on on the airwaves of any kind is being it's being sort of uh, filtered and and this is what you should listen to because this is what's going to line our pockets whereas there's there's people putting out this conscious message uh, and, and. I, it's not all good, but it's it, it, it's it's worth a discussion. You know, you, I love that people are so passionate that they have to they have to write things down and they have to put them out there because you know it's so easy to do with social media. But it's even more impressive that someone's going to perform what they think as opposed to just hit send or or post it on on uh, on social media. 
Yeah, it, it's just going to, we have to do our part to uh, dig deep and to, uh, you know, pass. And, you know, I rely on, on a lot of the people, the younger generation, people like my son to turn me on to other MCs too. I mean, my son, he quotes Kendrick daily, you know what I mean? And I'm hip to Kendrick, no doubt. And I think he's he is, between him and J. Cole, I mean, those two brothers alone are, uh, I think they're everything that's right with uh, rap music and uh, the hip-hop culture. But there's other ones outside of that, too, especially in on the underground scene and, and even some, you know, other lyricists in, uh, you know, in New York. I mean, I'm a big fan of uh, Joel Ortiz, and right. uh, I'm a big fan of his style. And, you know, it's other brothers like the late, great Sean Price. I mean, there's, there's MCs out there uh, that... Uh, just aren't for whatever reason just it's just there's there's the 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 market is just flooded with the dumbing down version and that's just the way it is and i think we need to get control over our product over our brand and what i mean by that is uh much like in the 80s and early 90s when the artists and a lot of the the the, the producers owned the record companies it was a big thing and right. when you look at now, they, they don't own those companies anymore. They were bought back up by the Columbias and Sonys and, and Time Warners and everything like that. Those little labels are gone. And, uh, well, one of, the, one of the, you know, to, to speak to that a little bit, I think that's what's, and, and every, I guess anybody who talks to me for five minutes knows that I, 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 I have a big, big admiration for Chuck D., and public enemy and and you really have to hand it to those guys because they're doing what you're talking about they they have created their own label and uh, what's what's strange to me is if, if you'll you'll see people go i don't i wish i could get played i wish i could get played i i don't know how to get my music heard and i, I you know it's only big labels well if you go to rapstation.com um there's a whole list of of different um shows that are they're out every week and they have their own podcast. They have their own um, their own lineups, and they they talk about what's current. And there's even there's even slots for new music. So I think you know somebody like Chuck got. I think any time he was ever out, somebody'd hand him a tape or say, "Hey, listen to this," or "Hey, you'll really like this. Give me a chance." And so instead of saying, "No, I'm not going to listen to any of that," he basically made it easy for people to send their their samples and their and their. Um, and their their mixtapes in and and say yeah if you want it played just send it here and um you know so he's got the slam jams uh, label he's got rapstation.com and these are these are avenues that people who are playing music should check out because and making their own music because you don't have to in this day and age it's almost like when you write a book you know back in the day when you wrote a book you had to have a, a publisher you don't need that anymore. You nope. can self-publish now. Yeah, and and of course it helps to have a big name, um, but some of the some of the people who have been successful are trying to make it easier for people to get their their word out. It's just about being a little bit savvy and doing a little bit of work and trying to um, you know be in the right place at the right time. And 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 uh, of course there is there is some luck involved, but. Uh, I, I really do believe a lot of it is being in the right place at the right time and finding out how to make your music work for you and make your opportunity work for you. And I'm, I'm saying this, and I'm not a musician, 
and I'm not um, trying to get my music played, but I've heard, I've heard a lot of new people that way. Yeah, no, those are the outlets, and 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 you're right. You, you if you're if you're waiting on it to fall out of the sky into your lap, you're you just it's not going to happen. And if you're if right. you're if you're if you're you're headstrong on doing it, you know the old way. It's just that that's also not gonna. It's not. It's going to be a much harder road traveled. Uh, so I mean, yeah, and, and rapstation.com. I mean, they even have an app. I've got it on my phone. So I mean, you can right. you can download that app as well. And and uh, yeah, Chuck D is. Uh, you know, it's 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 been a, a an evolution. Speaking of of Chuck D uh, of Public Enemy, still doing it. One of the few, uh, I guess, groups that are still together in hip hop and still touring and making music. Uh, even though the majority of the touring, I keep checking to see if there's going to be a, a U.S. show, but most of it's overseas, and I think that's where most of the uh, classic artists are are traveling. You know, just just to make money, they have to go to the UK, which isn't a bad gig because they know what's up. You know, well, they also they are loved over there too. I mean, they, yeah. you know, the US market for classic hip hop is not as big uh, yeah. as it is over there, and I think that that says a lot. And if someone goes over and and plays the UK or plays Europe, they end up um, <laughs> reestablishing themselves. Because there, there's so much love over there for what they what they did, and um, again with social media, I've been able to to uh, connect with quite a few people from from England uh, who I you know I haven't met in person yet, but I I feel like I have a really good connection with with art and and, and possibly having an art show uh, overseas at some point. Uh, so imagine how these artists uh, these these uh, musicians feel when they go over there and there's it's just like it may as well be the late 80s all over again because everybody's there waiting for him yeah and and chuck d recently tweeted out um on his uh and you can you can follow chuck d at mr chuck d on twitter he tweeted out a picture 20 reasons why uh they're the beatles of hip-hop and it's a picture of public enemy on the uh in a newspaper from from abroad and uh uh, Chuck D wrote the USA has its opinion uh, but it uh, but it's flattering when the opinion of the other 103 countries we visited are on the same page. So I mean it's he's basically saying exactly what you just said that the, the he's they're being embraced by countries all over the world. You know what I mean? All over the world they're embracing hip hop, classic artists, uh conscious artists and in the U.S., uh, you you can't even get a write-up on a newspaper. Yeah, the Rolling Stones of the rap game. I know that he he compared them to the Beatles, but uh, he has that line: the Rolling Stones of the rap game. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I, uh, I you talk to people over here, and 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 I think that you bring up somebody like Public Enemy, they're like, oh, they're still around. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> like <laughs> they never left. They never went anywhere. They they've been doing it straight through, and. Uh, you know, they have, uh, what, 12, 12 albums now? I mean, it's, they, they just released an album um, last year. So there's, it, you know, there's definitely uh, a waning of, of, of interest um, in the United States. Um, and, it's not, and I'm not sure why. I'm not sure because people will say, oh, they don't make it like they used to. Well, the guys that we're seeing every once in a while come through D.C. and Maryland and Virginia 
are still doing it and they're still performing it and it's great. And I was listening to the Michael Rappaport podcast the other day and he was he was actually lamenting the fact that people have to perform live because uh of how how little they get from downloads. Yeah. And um I I absolutely agreed with him. But I'm also really glad that people have to perform. I think that's when people should make their money. Is you should you know, you should tour, you should perform live. I don't think there's anything I like more than, than, than live music. And, and so when, when you get a chance to be in the same room with these, these legends, uh, you know, that's, that's the extension of, of having their album or their MP3. <laughs> you know, you get to see them in real life, and, and I think that's, that's what makes it really special and really memorable. Yeah, and one of the things I just saw recently online, I'm going to play a clip uh, I'm not sure if you'll be able to pick it up or not, but I'm going to play it. And it's a clip of uh, Kwame, and Kwame was popular in the 90s. And he's ta- he goes on to talk about uh, the dumbing down of hip-hop. Now, I see this stuff back on our, our, our social media portion of this podcast. I see this a lot in my feed where uh, different artists, different activists, different community leaders will talk about the dumbing down of society, whether that be radio, TV, uh, film, or uh, in this case, rap music. So I'm going to play this clip, and if you can't hear it, I'll, I'll recap it with you. It's about right. 50 seconds long. Didn't even curse on record because it just was not called for. And rappers spent more time trying to show the world that we are not drug dealers, we're not killers, we're not thieves, we're intelligent black people, and we have a voice. That's what rap was about. You tell me if rap is about that now. I, all I know is most rappers want to tell me that they are a killer, they sold this amount of weight, they will rob you, even though they got $400 million in the bank, they will stick you up. And they don't care what anybody thinks about them, because we got this paper and we about to get this money. We about that green, yo. Yo, I'm, I can't make this up. Rap, black music has become the parody of black music. What people used to joke about black music, black music has become that. So, I don't know, Did you, were you able to pick that up? Oh, I heard all of it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's really, and what year was that? You said that was in the 90s? No, no, Kwame... Uh, I don't know if you remember Kwame. He 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 was MC from back in the day. Even Biggie made a, a joke about him in his uh, one of his songs, talking about Kwame and those fucking polka dots. You know, he wore a lot of polka okay. dots. I don't. You, you may you may right. or may not remember him, but uh, 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 he's basically. And regardless of who he is, he's he, his point. I think is very strong. The fact that MCs at one point and that's that era that you were talking about when you, uh, you mentioned a tribe called quest and a few other artists of the 90s where uh it was more of a conscious conscious movement uh the 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 amount of uh, uh vulgarity was was at a, a minimal at one time and is progressed and i think i've said this on the show where in the 90s i started falling out of love because it just i you know i was a big fan of 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 what they call gangster rap, but then it just stayed on gangster, and then, then it just kept getting. Right. It just it, it was as if right. rap music was was just going in, into a downward spiral, and then everyone was a copy of a copy of a copy, and then I just kind of stepped, just lost my taste for that style. Uh, not not so much gangster. Well, you know what's amazing if you if, yeah. if you think about like when when you when anybody asks anybody who's in your top five. Uh, there's a lot of overlap, 
Um, but sometimes there's not, and there's a couple people that are, that'll be more recent. But, but most of the people I talk to, if you ask them who their top five is, the two that are on everybody's list are Rakim and KRS-One. And think about what you were just saying. I mean, neither of those guys were were vulgar. Um, and and KRS-One has spent his career trying to uplift and educate. And, yeah, he's controversial sometimes, and he has a very specific uh, message in a lot of cases. But, you know, my favorite track by Boogie Down Productions is My Philosophy. And that's from 1988, and it's still some of the most relevant stuff you could hear on records because of his passion, his, his way of explaining it, and and it's it all still matters. It's, he's still talking about the same kind of things about the industry being being kind of uh kind of crazy and and hard to navigate and um, you know how they're portraying black people and it's so it's amazing to me that that song is from 1988 and and you could listen to it today and it still resonates. But you know him and Rakim they didn't spend their careers being vulgar. They talked about how good they were at rhyming, <laughs> which is yeah. still great to me. And and, and, uh, and I and, and they they enunciated and yeah. they were clear yeah. and they were passionate. Yeah, and and they still do it. So yeah, it, it, you know, it's it's all of that. And I don't know how people can uh, can sort of move away from that so much, where yeah. it's just about about being vulgar or or talking about sticking people up. I mean, that just, it doesn't, uh, well, the glorification of ignorance doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. And yeah. I agree with you about gangster rap. Like I, there was an appeal and Absolutely. for sure. And, and certainly, um, um, you know, if you think about like Dr. Dre's the chronic, I don't think you have an album that was probably produced that was better. You know, it was just such a clean, uh, funky sound that, really was not anything like what was going on on the East Coast at all. Yeah. And uh, yet, what they were talking about was so foreign to me. <laughs> you know, you know, I still, I still enjoyed it, but I, 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 I was, you know, I was much more turned on by Tribe and what they were talking about. Yeah, no, but I mean, even, even, when I look back, I, I go back deeper than that. Uh, you know, when 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 I was listening to whether it was Run DMC, whether it was EPMD, you know what I mean. I even take the DOC, a West Coast rapper. I mean, you know, uh, he wasn't. He he was more or less the East. I mean, the West Coast rock him in his the way we looked at him. Uh, but but I had room for. You know, I had a lot of love for for for. I don't even know if it was ever called Philadelphia gangster rap, but Schoolie D was uh, a, a, I was a big big favorite of mine. Uh, steady yeah. Steady B was a big favorite of mine. Um, uh, of course, uh, down south uh, with uh, 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 what was used to be called Luke Skywalker, but Luther Campbell of the Two Live Crew. Uh, they I, you know I was fans of all, and there was there's room to be vulgar. It's fine, sure. but when sure. but 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 when the entire uh, uh, mindset of rap music. I'm not going to say the hip hop culture, but rap music itself stays on that note for over 20 years. I think there's an issue. 
I think there's a well, big issue. Well, I think issue. it was like in that in the quote that Kwame said. He said it, it became a parody of itself, yeah. right? And he said something like that. I think that's true. Like when you become, it's a caricature of of what of the intent was. Or, or I mean, of course, like you're saying, there's there's definitely a time and a place for all different kinds of of mini genres within the genre. But it's yeah, I think it, I think it hung around too long and it did it did some damage. Like ultimately, it, at some point it became. Yeah, the history. yeah. At some point, it became cool to get shot. At some point, it became cool to get locked up. You know what I mean? At some point, it became cool to cut cocaine on a video. You know what I mean? Uh, of course, you know there have been MCs that talked about their past and reported their past, a la Easy E uh, and the likes of that. But at the same time, uh, you know, the I think the overall message. Uh, was a little bit or a lot more creative, and this is why they have staying power. It's 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 right. it's for another discussion on the podcast, but I, I really wanted to play that clip since uh, yeah. in, in 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 lieu of this discussion, uh, you mentioned earlier about uh, about top five MCs. I'm gonna put you on the spot because I know we got to wrap this up. Who are your top five yeah. MCs? Well, it's, I mean, at the risk of sounding redundant, um, it, it's probably not, it's not unlike your list, uh, with, with the exception of a couple. Um, so, in no particular order, uh, these are my top five. I would say, Harris <laughs> One, yeah. Rakim, uh, Big Daddy Kane, so that's three out of three that are similar, right? Yeah. And then the last two are, are different, I think. I'm going to say... Um, Chuck D. All right. uh, and I'm going to say, and I'm going to say Q-Tip, and and That's a those are choices that don't usually make people's top five. Those last two. It's a powerful I, list. I, I just there's something about both of their voices, um, and I think that that's that's so important when you're listening to a record. Uh, is this is like recognizability? You know, when you hear Q-Tip, there's no mistake. When you hear Chuck D, there's no mistake. You know it's them. Uh, and I think Chuck D, uh, you know, circa 1988, 87, 88, um, it, you know, his his voice yeah. was so powerful. There's no one that sounds and, like Chuck and D. And distinctive. And, and just and his message and his consciousness. So what makes an MC an MC, to me, is not all about flow. Um it has to do with, I guess, commanding the mic yeah. and, and making people stop and listen. And uh, you know, I, I, I'm 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 satisfied with my top five. I, and, I, I there's I think occasionally there'll be someone else that sort of sneaks in. I'm always I'm always uh, I'm always uh, interested in your, your LL Cool J one because I mean LL Cool J for me <laughs> was was instrumental and. In, in, in uh, form, informing my love of hip hop, and, and you know, and Run DMC being a group, it's kind of unfair to pick one of them. Um, but I like my top five. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll stand by that. No, no. If, if you had to add one more to, to to hit off to six, who's your number six? Oh man. <laughs> uh, oh, I like. There's this. a lot of there's a lot of number sixes. Um, I, you know, it, part of the problem is also I like some groups. You know, I like the Beastie Boys a lot. Um, so I don't know how they figure into an MC conversation. 
Uh, I like Run DMC a lot. I don't know how they figure in. Um, well, you can do top five groups. Give me your top five groups of all time. I, I can uh, give you. I can give yeah. you. I can give you mine. Well, that would be that would be that would be Tribe, yeah. the Beastie Boys, Public Enemy. Um, hmm. Dela. That would be harder for me. Dela. Um, De- oh, for sure. Yeah. Dela. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it's it's just you know that's the other thing. Like when you start talking about MCs, I mean. Uh, and you just do the top five yeah. MCs, it's so easy to it, forget about the, how great some of the groups were. Oh, and yeah. that's something that's not even around anymore. No. Where, that, where are the groups? That's another discussion. You know, and one of the, my favorite, th- I mean, uh, you know, Dougie Fresh is another another in the top six. Slick Rick is in the top oh, six, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, I don't know how to, how to you know, it's it's tough. I mean, cool it's, G like, rap. you end up, um, one, you hear one record and you think of another. And I think one of my favorite things about the group element, the yeah. group dynamic with the Beastie Boys and 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 even uh, Slick Rick and Dougie Fresh, is the way that they traded rhymes. Uh, yeah. And that, that's that doesn't happen anymore. And that was, I mean, geez, if you listen to um, some of the Beastie Boys and and like you think of the show from Dougie Fresh, uh, uh, and 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 I mean, just Fife and. And Q-tip going back and forth, it doesn't get any better than that, especially when they start finishing each other's sentences. That just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, and that was really always very appealing to me. I'll throw, I'll throw, I'll throw, I'll yeah, throw, I'll so throw. I, I'm gonna, I, you know, I want to think <laughs> about the, uh, I want to think about the group one too. You know, right. just the other day I was uh, flipping through the channels, and um, they played a, uh, they played a Rage Against the Machine um, concert yeah. from 2000. Uh, I think it was 2008, but they had they had reformed for a one show where they 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 basically won some kind of competition in England to make "Killing in the Name" of a uh, 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 the national song or something like that, or like a, a, a the best Christmas song. Like they they kind of did a tongue in cheek competition and they won it over you know some manufactured song from The Voice or X Factor or one of those shows, and so to, to to thank their audience, they put on a show, and um, uh, it, it was so great. And I, you know, I think of them as a hip hop group in some ways. You know, they're they're uh, certainly rock, but but Zach Del Roca, I mean, he's a he is an MC, yeah. and uh, and I, I don't even know what you call their music, but I miss them, and I wish they could keep putting out records because they were they were a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, no and, doubt. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard it, but they did a cover of Microphone Fiend. And they did um, they did a Cypress Hill uh, cover, um, so some of their music it, it obviously overlaps in hip hop. But I don't know what you call that. But it, it, it's really cool when it kind of bleeds into another genre like that. Yeah, it's welcomed, and 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 no doubt it, it it's missed as well. I wish we could uh, we could have them back. Uh, and oh, I cats. thought of another one too. I mean, you know who, and I know you've been listening to them a little bit lately. Who? EPMD. Like, where oh, yeah. are they falling? I mean, because yeah. Eric Sermon. Yeah. I mean, you, uh, you could throw a top a ten groups. MC. Yeah, you. you... <laughs> so he and I mean he and Parrish, like they they were like kings for a while. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, you know that that they had some incredible albums. No and doubt. So they're there too. I, you know, the more I think about it. 
it's just hard to it's hard to eliminate anybody. It's a discussion. I think we should have an open table. Maybe uh, maybe three or four of us, uh, or if get Miriam Tazi on the podcast and we do a do a top five podcast where we'll do uh, groups MCs. Yeah, do, and, you know what? We should do it like we should do it like brackets, like a Final Four tournament. So start, everyone starts off with sixty four MCs, sixty four groups. Yeah. And then we have to kind of fill out our own bracket and come to the table with it, and, and then sort of defend our choices. Yeah, but there's no there's no wrong answer, you know, because of it, course uh, that's what's yeah, so great about yeah, it. Yeah, it, it is awesome because I mean, I like that people get upset. Yeah, because to me, <laughs> that's not you're not really upset. You're passionate. Yeah, and so when you when you are arguing for somebody being better than someone else, that's a great thing. <laughs> I love that conversation. I'm, and people do they get really really. Uh, they get really uh, moved to uh, argue, and that's not a bad thing if it's all all in fun. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to throw, I said it earlier, but we, we were caught up in the passion. I'm going to throw G-Rap, cool G-Rap in that, uh, in that you know, number six, number seven category as well. Right. I mean, cool G-Rap, as far as groups goes, I'm going to throw this one at you, right? I'm going to throw a curveball at you, the Juice Crew. That's who I'm gonna. Oh wow! I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, the, the people that came out of that, the Juice Crew, baby. That's yeah. all I gotta say. <laughs> that's what's up. So well, yeah, another group is uh, Wu Tang. You oh, know, yeah. you can't forget about them. No, no there's, there's, <laughs> you, I mean, we, we it's, it's hard because, I mean, like, you know, especially when they have different styles too. Because you got someone like Common, who's more like a spoken word poet, and yeah. and someone who sort of almost speaks his rhymes. Um, you know, so different than you have, than you have somebody else who is is much faster and 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 uh, and is more about uh, you know, number of words per second. Uh, I yeah, I don't know. It's it's a fun conversation. I always like it. Well, let's, I think it's like a it's almost like a password. You know, all right, yeah. somebody give me your top five and you can pass. You know, I, I like I like that people have to stand by their top five. Yeah, yeah. You should watch uh, if you get a chance. Go on. Uh... Go on Amazon or iTunes. You can actually click on the American Riddle banners that are on the the website, and you should rent or download the movie Top Five by Chris Rock. Yeah, uh, that's <laughs> all right. That's worth that a watch. Sure because, and, and yeah, this, this conversation is never boring. Yeah, yeah. If you if if you like top fives, watch the movie Top Five with Chris Rock. Uh, it's 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 a great film, and uh, just be sure you click on the Amazon or iTunes banner. On AmericanRiddle.com. Andy, thanks for uh yeah, thanks for you know holding down the co host spot for Miriam Tazi this week. Yeah, at least I, I I was hoping she'd be on so I could give her a hard time about not coming to shows with yeah, us. She's always in my she needs to she needs to uh you know, kinda of post she needs to be there for one of these. Especially, you know, the people that she um uh, purports to like so much. Oh she uh, needs to get un- get out there. Understand boss. Who? Hey, I need the night off and, yeah. and, and show up because uh, you know, like like we keep saying, you know, you don't know when this when the when the tap is going to run dry. We don't know how many more opportunities we have. I mean, most Def is a good example. Like he apparently isn't coming around anymore. He's yeah. going to be in South Africa for the rest of his life. Well, one of her, so num- I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. One of her number one guys is Talib Kweli. I mean, that's that might be you know in her in her top five. But I know she uh, she likes Talib Kweli, so. Uh, uh, and I think well, he's she, playing tonight with uh, with a group from North uh, from Louisiana called the uh, Soul Rebels. 
Yeah. And so this should be fun. This should be like a, a bit like the Roots, I think, where there's like a like a through the phone on stage, and then there's going to be an MC, and it should be it should be pretty cool. I, I'm looking forward to it. We'll have you uh, we'll have you call uh, call in, and uh, we'll, we'll check back in with you to see how that one went down. I'll be I'll be eagerly watching uh, Twitter and uh, Facebook and Instagram to see what you're posting from tonight's events. Yeah, and then the, the one I have to get ready for, and I, it snuck up on me because I think it's a week from today, Yeah, is uh, is Naughty by Nature. Yeah, that's going to be... So I, I got to get some work done. I have a picture that I want to use of all three of them, Yeah, but that might be a little too ambitious in the time that I have left, so I might just do a tretch drawing, so we'll see. But uh, that's next Thursday, I think. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there for that one. So I look forward cool. to it, Andy, and uh, thanks for calling in. Hey, Malcolm, thanks a lot. I'll, I'll, I'll look forward to listening, and I'll talk to you soon. All right. The Grandmaster Cats, people, a.k.a. GMK. Not GMC, the way I said it at the top of the podcast. It's Grandmaster Cats, you know what I mean, in the house, holding it down today. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Don't, don't do it. Don't turn that... Don't hit that. I was going to say don't turn that knob off, but whatever it is, don't hit your power button. Don't hit delete. Don't hit remove download, whatever it is. Go to whatever you do next. Go to AmericanRiddle.com. Click on the Amazon banner. You know what I mean? Do me a favor. Click on it. That's all you got to do. It don't take much. Click on it. Bookmark it. And then when you use it, it's going to uh, you know help keep this podcast afloat. You can also click on the iTunes banner as well. And uh, to recap what we talked about, of course, we talked about the mission. There's nothing more important than the missions we go on and whatever your mission is. It could be going out to seeing your favorite icon, hip hop artist, could be seeing your favorite person. It doesn't matter what it is. Just stay focused on that mission. And then right after that, of course, we talked about top five. So do me a favor. Tweet me. You can tweet me at Malcolm Riddle at Malcolm Riddle. And you can also find me on Facebook at the same name. Everything's under my name, Instagram. I want to know who's on your top five MC list and hip hop group list. Give me your top five. Uh, Andy Katz. Let me see if I can uh, find... uh, his information on uh, Twitter and Facebook. Andy Katz. So you can find Andy Katz on Instagram. Check out all his art at uh, AJ Katz. So it's AJ K A T Z art on Instagram. And you can go to his website at Katz. Uh, katzart.com. I don't have to say www, do I? So you know it's catsart.com. And then on Twitter, you can find him at ajkatzart, A-J-K-A-T-Z-A-R-T. And that's where you can find him. So again, uh, go to the AmericanRiddle.com uh, website, click on and bookmark the Amazon link. And you know how I close it. Domino, motherfucker. The American Riddle Podcast. Malcolm Riddle. I know you know you know you know I'm that guy that says Dominic, motherfucker. Life is gonna run up the riddle. Malcolm Riddle. The American Riddle Podcast.